0: Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and eject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Greetings, happiness hackers. Welcome back to another episode of the Hacking Happy Podcast. need to take a breath. It's been a huge week and uh, I'm want to talk about something today that I think is close to many of us. And uh, it's success, this idea of success and what it means. So let me give you a bit of context uh, around where this idea for this conversation came from. So over the past couple of weeks, I've continued to receive emails off the back of the podcast, which was episode number 18 that I did on a big failure that I recently have and how it might help you. So the podcast episode was called I Failed Massively and It May Help You. So if you haven't listened to it yet and failure and shame, the shame that goes with it is something that you struggle with, uh, it might be worth having a listen and diverting your course at the end uh, of this episode because I know a lot of people uh, found that it resonated quite strongly. So in the messages I've been receiving uh, from happiness hackers, budding happiness hackers around the world, off the back of this podcast, many of them have shared with me their personal stories of failure off the back of hearing mine. I always love this. I love that when we share our vulnerability, we share the things that don't work out, how we it enables a platform for us to connect and normalize these things and for others to share their experiences. So, The messages I've received have been around people sharing their experience of failure, how they can relate to the feelings that I expressed in that podcast, um, the shame that I shared and, you know, just sharing what it's like when things don't work out. Like it was for me, it's extremely cathartic when you can talk freely about these things. So first and foremost, I just want to encourage you to to do that if you're holding on to something um, that hasn't worked out for you Talk to someone about it. It's, it's an amazing thing um, in terms of how it enables you to process. And equally, if you want to reach out and share your story with me, I'd love to hear. I'm always up for hearing about how things don't work out because um, I just think that's part of how we move through and process. So let me share you an example with you of one of the messages I've received because this one really moved me because it was so real and raw. So in the words of Maria, I just wanted to take the time to say thank you for your honest and authentic podcast, Penny. It takes a lot of balls in all honesty to share when you've made a mistake and it's definitely not something that's easy to do, especially when the failure is so fresh. I'd like to share a similar experience that happened to me at the end of last year. Now, see if you can relate to this. I mean, it may not be in terms of the context of what she did, but I'm sure the outcome may be relatable for many of you. I did something I always wanted to do and became a qualified yoga teacher. The high of ticking off that box was so high that I felt compelled to share with everyone and also begin to do something that is really foreign to me, which is self-promotion. From hardly posting on social media to posting almost every day, I was on a mission to follow in the footsteps of yoga teachers I admired online. The only problem was, it did not feel good at all. Like you, Penny, I am someone who shares when they feel compelled to, and I almost always find people engage with that a lot more than if I post just for the random sake of it. Also, the other thing that was nagging at me was the fact that I was so green in the yoga space, my training was relatively short compared to most, and I gave myself little to no time to just absorb and take everything in that I had learned. It's why after only hosting one yoga workshop, I dropped into a massive funk and didn't feel like practicing yoga, much less holding the space for others. I think this greatly confused those around me because I had been building up to this moment of where I would finally dive into something I loved and create a fresh start for myself. I guess, as you've touched on, there is so much pressure at times to follow a blueprint of those who have gone before us, that it becomes tricky to create a business that really comes from the heart And from a place of absolute authenticity, I cannot tell you how much this email spoke to me. (laughs) Like you, I shared this learning via an article. Now, I'm going to pop the link to Maria's article because I read it and it's magnificent in the show notes today. And again, Maria, obviously, writing that article, um, shares it was a cathartic experience. She says, it was actually sharing this failure and being so transparent about it that brought me back to myself and what it is. Um, I feel comfortable, which is aligning with my own truth. Now, I loved Maria's messages and all the other messages to those of you who reached out. I cannot tell you how moving it was to hear these stories. Equally, it got me thinking. So it made me reflect and it got me thinking about this important topic when it comes to happiness. And I explore it deeply in my book. And the topic that I'm talking about is this idea of success. And what I find fascinating about success and how we define it is more often than not, we are watching what other people do and allowing that to dictate our definition of success rather than looking internally and actually getting clear on how we want our success to look like, what makes us feel good and clearly defining that and aligning our lives toward it. So, I wanted to talk today about this topic of how we define success and whether the definition of success that you currently hold, and I see this so often in so many, whether your current definition of success is actually making you sad. Like, is it actually helping you to live the life that you want to live? Is it truly making you happy? Today, I want to explore with you why the societal definition of success that so many of us live by, this idea of watching everybody else in comparison, why it's flawed and what you can do to redefine success and use it as a lever to inject more of the things that truly light you up and make you feel good in every day. So like so many episodes of this podcast, You'll know by now if you've been listening, I'm a big fan of a story and I think stories are a great way to ground and give us context in terms of an idea or something, a theme we want to talk about. So let's start off today's conversation around success, how we define it and how we can use it as a lever for change with a personal story from me. So my pathway to success uh, was defined by my beautiful Uncle Don. He was the one in my family that was put up on that pedestal and we were all in awe of his success. He was born working class. My family uh, come from a farming background and, uh, you know, he was born into a working class family and he was the first one in our family to obtain a degree um, as a doctor nonetheless in the 70s. So you can imagine how big that or huge that was. Maybe it was the 60s. Anyway, he went on to become not a doctor. He actually didn't practice. He wasn't that interested in being a doctor. He took his understanding of being a doctor and turned it, took it to property development and basically started to build out these massive medical centers all around Melbourne before that was even a thing, back in the day where you just had a local GP. Now, he had a life. Off the back of this, he had huge success and he had a life that we all envied. Yeah. When I grew up, I wanted to be just like him. He had the beautiful cars, the big houses, you know, the travel. Um, It was just a life that was truly aspirational from the outside looking in, you know, as as a child growing up on a farm. Now, there was a lot of belief in his success in my family, so much so that my mother and my grandmother, so his mother and sister, invested their life savings in his every business move. Now I want you to imagine, you know, you've got this person that you've idolised your whole life. They are your definition of success. I want you to imagine you find yourself at the city morgue and you're standing over the body of your beloved uncle and he's 60, just 60 years old. He has chains bolted around his neck from having recently taken his life. The chains are weighted down with dumbbells when he ever so quietly, in the middle of the night, slipped himself into the murky waters off the edge of the Frankston Pier. So that was the reality for me some eight years ago. It was a bit of a shock, needless to say. My mother and my grandmother lost everything, not only their money but the only brother and son they had ever known and... My definition of success in that moment completely and utterly imploded for the first time in my life. Now, I think roughly I was around 37 years old at the time. The reality was it was in that moment I said to myself, damn, if this is success, it truly sucks and it certainly doesn't make us happy. It can actually end in the inverse. That moment changed everyone and everything in my family and it set me on a path. A path to challenge the societal definition of success that we live by, this idea of watching what everyone else has and comparing ourselves and using that as a definition rather than truly looking in. So, as I say, it challenged me to look at this societal definition of success that I had been sold my whole life and ask a really important question. What if we have the success equation back to front? What if we have focused our energy in the wrong direction? What if following the road to success didn't equal happiness, the traditional form of success? What if instead a daily intentional focus on the things that make us happy, actually unlocked a very different, a very fulfilling path to success? In this podcast today, I want to challenge you to consider whose definition of success you are living by and whether it is making you happy. Such a pertinent question that so many of us never consider. And I think it plays deeply into whether or not we are feeling fulfilled, whether or not we are enjoying our lives as much as we possibly can. Have you ever asked yourself, what does success look like for me on my terms? Success that truly makes me happy. It took me 39 years to ask these questions and to realise the secret to hacking happiness, for me, lay within the answers to those questions. Imagine what it would feel like to create the space the self-belief and the skills to shape the life you long for now. Hacking Happiness, the book, is here. This is not your usual book. You won't read it cover to cover in three days. It is designed as a navigation tool. You'll read a little, take pause, reflect, write in the margins, tag it with sticky notes, and most importantly, make progress around injecting more of what lights you up more of what matters to you, into each and every day. It is literally a compass to help you overcome the overwhelm, build your self-belief, and lean into what you long for through what I term imperfect experimentation. Each chapter is jam-packed with case studies to inspire you, science and questioning to challenge you, and experiments to help you hack your way to happier every day. So what are you waiting for? Grab your copy at iwanthackinghappiness.com and let's get started. Here's the thing I had followed my uncle's climb to success and been raised to believe that if I ticked a series of boxes that so many of us are trying to tick, yeah flashy career, two story home with a white picket fence, fast car or fancy car, international travel, like ticking these boxes. If I did these things and kept following that path, one day I would reach success and magically arrive at this place called happiness where I would live out the rest of my days. Now it sounds simple. It sounds crazy when you put it in that context, but that is the reality of how so many people live their lives. Yeah, they are raised to believe that success looks a certain way. It's based on an external set of factors, the accumulation of things, yeah, um, and, and validating ourselves externally to others. And I see it so often. It's making so many of us unhappy. Now, what was interesting in terms of my journey was that at the age of 39, I had ticked all the boxes. That I was told would get me to this point of success, which would then deliver happiness. Happiness was a byproduct of having all this success. But the irony was, I ticked all the boxes and I was sitting there feeling unfulfilled. And it was in that moment I realized the way I had defined success was based on someone else's definition, not my own. And I can't believe I'd never, ever questioned it in all my life, and that's why I want to share this with you today in the hope that if you are someone that perhaps has never asked yourself these questions, that maybe this will inspire you to go away and reflect and see whether success is making you happy and how you can change it to align closer to the things that ignite you. Sadly, this societal definition of success that we live by is often linked with the attainment of more more money, more material things, bigger houses, bigger titles at work. All you need to do is jump on socials to see what we hold up as success. Yep, yeah. who has the most followers. Generally, that's how many of us now, especially, you know, coming through in the next generation, we define success by the number of followers people have. You know, think about that for a moment. All of these things, yeah, that I'm talking about are external to our being. The things that we think once we have them we will be successful are external to us. They're external to our being. And what I mean is our human being, which is what we are. External things do not make us happy. The science proves that. Have you heard of the concept of hedonic adaptation? It's where we think that when we when we have that thing, yeah? When I have that job, when I have that house, when I buy that car, when I have the new iPhone, when we think we when we think that we once we have that thing, we will be happy. But the reality is different. Yeah. We get that thing, the job, the car. Our happiness does spike, but it's short term. Because the way that hedonic adaptation works is you get the thing, your happiness spikes for a very short period and then you re-baseline back to where you were. It doesn't actually materially move your happiness baseline. That is the reality. That is what the science tells us. Ironically, what makes us happy is often the things that we sideline in our pursuit of success, things like human connection, animals, nature, positively, impacting the lives of others, sharing experiences and being completely and utterly in a moment. Even rituals. Rituals make many of us happy. We've just celebrated Easter recently and I know how much joy that brings so many people in getting together uh, with their family. Now for me it was this realisation that made me challenge the status quo and explore what if Yeah, this equation I mentioned. What if we've got the success equation back to front? What if success didn't equal happiness? But what if instead focusing on happiness would deliver success as a byproduct? What if instead of focusing on wanting more things, I personally focused on bringing more of what made me feel good, more of what made me happy into each day? Would that make me feel more successful? Would it make me realize my definition of success sooner? Well, according to Sean Aker, one of the world's uh, leading experts in connection or in the connection between happiness and success, look him up. He's written some brilliant books. His research has shown that we become more successful when we are happier. Yeah. Doctors put in a positive mood before they make a diagnosis show almost three times more intelligence and creativity than doctors that are in a neutral state and they make um, accurate diagnoses 19% faster. Optimistic salespeople outsell their pessimistic counterparts by 56%. Students primed to feel happy before taking an exam far outperform their neutral peers. So I mean this is validating happiness focusing on the things that make us happy the things that make us feel fulfilled rather than focusing on success yeah will actually deliver success as a byproduct so I feel we're focusing many of us on the wrong things and we've got the equation back to front happiness equals success it's not success equals happiness especially if our definition of happiness is not our own It turns out our brains are hardwired to perform at their best, not when they are in a negative or a neutral state, but when they are positive, when they are happy. It took me 39 years to wake up to the disconnect between what I'd been led to believe would make me successful and what actually made me happy. Almost half a lifetime before I changed my conditioned perception of success and reshaped my life Around a new paradigm, a paradigm based on weaving more happiness into every day using the things that were in my control, my mindset, and my behaviour and habits. But when I started, like, how did I get to this point? Well, when I started this journey, I started with a couple of simple questions. And today, I want to leave you with those questions, in the hope, as I mentioned, that you might question your definition of success and explore whether you need to redefine it on your terms. If you have never questioned your definition of success, then I would argue there is no better time than now. I want you to grab a pen and paper, maybe press pause on this podcast for a moment, close down your eyes and ask yourself a couple of simple questions, or maybe just write these down and go through this process after the podcast. The questions are this or these. What does success look like on my terms? If I stop looking at everybody else and ask myself, how do I define success? Not in terms of all the things I would like to have, but in terms of how it would look in an average day. How would I show up? How would I behave? How would I feel if I was truly being my most successful self? on my terms. When you're done, write down what came up, observe it, look at it. What insights can you draw from it? And I wonder if what you wrote is different to how you thought or felt about success before you and I had this dialogue. And if it is different, how is it different? Now, with all of this insight, I want you to consider what one action, just one, can you take right now, no matter how small, the smaller the better, I change in bite-sized pieces is powerful. What one small change can you make right now that can move you closer to your definition of success? What one change could you make in your everyday? Because I think it's so important to focus on how we show up in the everyday if we truly want to make change, if we truly want to realign ourselves to more of the things that matter to us. Now, it might be as simple as writing down your definition of success, your new one, and putting it somewhere visible to remind yourself every day that this is what's important to you. This is how you choose to live your life. I was asked not so long ago, what success would look like for me in 10 years in an interview that someone was conducting? And the answer was that my son would say to me exactly what he said to me about a year ago, And that was, "I love you, mum, exactly as you are. You make me really proud." My, how my definition of success has changed, and equally. That small act of questioning and redefining has enabled me to realise happiness in a way that I never imagined possible. And so with that in mind, in a couple of weeks' time when I return from my little hiatus which I'm just about to step into, a bit of a disconnect, I'm going to come back and you and I are going to have a conversation about defining happiness on your terms and actually creating a definition of happiness that works for you. Because it's so important in the context of the conversation that we've just had, it's so important in the context of setting the foundations for realizing a life that is truly fulfilling. Because each and every one of us is on a different journey and I think clearly unpacking these words that have such significant meaning is part and parcel of making our happiness a reality. So until then, have a beautiful rest of the day and know that happiness looks good on you. Bye for now, my friends. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy Podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in, Hacking Happy Co. or Penny LaCasso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.